Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland, it's the Minnesota Twins 11, the Cleveland Guardians 1. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And then most days, most days I enjoy it, most days I want to talk about it. Today's not going to be a very long episode because there's not much to really break down and discuss from this game. We got our butts kicked by the Minnesota Twins. I mean, it was an absolute, oh man, it was an absolute butt whooping. And uh, yeah, the Guardians are now on, I believe that puts them now on a five-game losing streak. It's not good. It is not, they're not good vibes right now at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. After we come off that amazing road trip where we go seven and two, we come home and lose four straight at home. You know, they they like to be hard on the attendance sometimes, on the attendance numbers. You know, why isn't why isn't the city showing up to support this team? They they started the season well. Well, of course, now that the weather's broken, now that we've been getting some fantastic weekends. We have a huge home series against Boston. The crowds did turn out. I think one night they had like 29,000 there. They had a good crowds this weekend. And what did they do? They laid a big freaking egg. It feels like every time the city of Cleveland gets up for this team, gets up for a series, gets excited about baseball again, the Guardians go out and lay a freaking egg. So yeah, don't complain to me about attendance. They showed up for you against Boston. And what happened? Yeah, you let them down. You let them down. And so, yeah, last night, uh, I understand. On Monday night, the attendance is only 12,000. I'm sorry. You're not going to get me to go down there on many weeknights. I just There's too much going on in life. Uh, I'm not in the position right now where I could just go down there on a random Monday night. So I get why attendance is going to suffer during the week. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Let's get into the actual storylines of this game. There's not many. The first one is Tristan McKenzie absolutely gets lit up. He was living in the middle of the plate just all night. His final line, he goes six innings pitched. He lasts six innings, which frankly was kind of impressive. He gives up eight hits, seven runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. So he battles. Two home runs given up on 96 pitches. He's hard hit 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 times. So they were barreling him up. They were squaring him up. Now, the thing is with Tristan McKenzie, like last time he was out, right? He gives up the home runs, but they're all solo home runs. There's a big difference between giving solo home runs and giving up some crooked number home runs here. And the uh, Twins hit a lot of crooked number home runs. They've get a three-run home run from Gary Sanchez in the second. Uh, Nick Gordon hits a two-run home run off McKenzie in the sixth inning. Correa then off the bullpen off Brian Shaw gets a two-run home run in the uh, seventh inning. So those are some big, big crooked number home runs. In fact, everything the Twins scored was crooked numbers. Three in the second, two in the fourth, two in the sixth, two in the seventh, and two more in the ninth. Every single inning is crooked numbers. By the way, the Guardians' lone run comes on a pass ball in the ninth inning when this thing was already over. Uh, So, yeah. So, McKenzie going over to the illustrator here. Okay. Why were they hitting him so hard? Why were were they barreling him up? Well, if you look at the results tab, 
everything McKenzie gave up is located in the same quadrant. It's either same three quadrants, I would say. It's either middle, middle, middle away for for the pitcher. Uh, Sanchez's oh, Sanchez got both of those away, middle away, or middle down. So it's he's living in the worst quadrants to live in for a pitcher. So yeah, I'm not surprised they barreled them up. The one home run hit was for Sanchez was a four-seam fastball. It was a curveball from Nick Gordon that uh, he hung for a home run. He doesn't give up many home runs on that curveball. I'm surprised. Uh, Gio Urshela's double was a slider. Uh, his, let's see, his first double was a fastball. His second double came on a slider. So, yeah, he's living in some really dangerous parts of the play here. I mean, basically, he's throwing them down the middle, and they're crushing them. So that's just not a way to live as a starting pitcher right there. Um, going over to his uh, his CSW numbers, his player breakdown, what was actually working for him, what wasn't working for him. Uh, he was getting a lot of called strikes on the four-seam fastball. He was getting a lot of whiffs on the curveball. Uh, the slider let him down a little bit today. Um not getting many strikes with that pitch, but he didn't throw very often. He threw 31 curveballs on the day. Uh, this season, let's see, what has his trends been this season as far as throwing uh, which pitch? The curveball and the slider have been about even. Wow. Yeah, they're riding about even when it comes to usage rate. Nine, they are 19.5% of the time. Curveballs, 19.5% of the time. Sliders. Last year he threw slightly more sliders than curveballs, but not by much, by one point, you know, one percentage point. So yeah, uh, they are right in line with each other this year. Um, going over the over, I mean, so f- to finish that off, that thought, the CSW numbers for him are actually aren't terrible. It's a thirty-two percent because he struck out seven guys. I mean, he was getting strikeouts. Uh, he was getting going back to that results tab. I can tell you that there's two at the top of the zone that I'm guessing are forcing fastballs. Yes, they are. He got Buxton to expand and Nick Gordon to go up there. And then he uh, paints a four-seam fastball uh, on the outside edge uh, and then drops some curveballs and some sliders down below the zone. So two strikeouts on sliders, two strikeouts on curveballs, three on four-seam fastballs. Um, It has not been a good month for Tristan McKenzie. He has really, really struggled. I mean, some of his percentile rankings here on StatCast are very deep blue. Barrel percentage is one of the worst ones. He's in the 8th percentile for barrel percentage, which means one of the worst in baseball for getting barreled up. That's not That's not good. That's not good. Expected slugging is 17th percentile. They're hitting him hard. And if we go over to the game logs here, he was having a really good April and May. Uh, he carries uh, he carries a 371 ERA in the month of April, but a 112 WHIP. Remember, he wasn't really starting yet. Took him a while to get stretched out. Uh, for the month of May was definitely his best best month. He has a 212 ERA with a 0.74 WHIP in the month of May. That's really good stuff. For the month of June, my God, it's a 644 ERA with a 1.36 WHIP. He's really fallen off. He's given up 10 home runs in the month of June. Just in the month of June alone. The whole season, he had given up 6. And then in the month of June, he's now given up 10. That's not, that is not good. 
He gave up he gave up seven runs last night. He'd only given up seven runs the entire month of April. He'd only given up eight runs the entire month of May. And he gave up seven runs last night. So yeah, the month of June has not been kind to Tristan McKenzie. And going back over to his stat cast page, it seems like they're just they're hitting the slider a lot harder than they did last season. Last season, that slider had a 132 batting average. This year, 299. The slugging off that slider last year was only 289. This year, it's 612 is the true slugging. Even the expected slugging last year was a 429. This year is a 523, so almost 100 points higher on the expected slugging. So, yeah, when you, you know, that takes some factors out of it, uh, looks at, you know, uh, makes it a little more fair, that number, and it's still 100 points higher this year. So, yeah, it's, yeah, man, what a terrible, McKenzie has to find himself. Uh, you know, I thought he goes into these games with all the confidence in the world, and, yeah, living in the middle of the plate like this was just a disaster against the Minnesota Twins, who are just looking to barrel up and hit home runs. I mean, that's what they're all about. We're all about making contact. They are all about barreling it up and hitting home runs. So that was my top storyline of the game. When we look on the offensive side of things against Sonny Gray, Sonny Gray, who actually has been pitching pretty well this season and having a good June, uh, he's got a 169 ERA with a 0.94 whip in the month of June. Uh, He's got two shutout. I mean, he went five innings against Seattle, didn't give up any runs, and now goes seven innings against us, doesn't give up any runs. The last start in Minnesota against us was the one he struggled with in the month of June. Uh, That throws off his June numbers. But yeah, he's been pitching really good. Even in May, he was pitching good. So Sonny Gray really has settled in uh, this season after a slow start. And he really, really limited the damage against us. He goes seven innings, gives up only three hits, no earned runs, a walk, three strikeouts, on 97 pitches. He's only hard hit six times. Six times. Compared to 11 from Tristan McKenzie, right? That's a big difference. And the thing the Guardians were doing, and it freaking makes me so mad, so mad. Three games in a row now. The leadoff hitter has gone and on, and Ahmed Rosario has grounded into a double play. Three games in a row, that's how you start the game. That's terrible. I made the joke on Twitter last night. I was like, if a starting pitcher can have an opener who comes out and pitches the first inning for him, can Ahmed Rosario have an opener for himself for the first inning? Can we have a pinch hitter for Ahmed Rosario in the first inning and then he goes in in the second inning? Because I can't take this anymore. I can't take grounding into double plays after your leadoff guy, whether it's Quan or Owen Miller, gets on base to start the game. He's killing Quan out there. And they did it three times in this game, almost four times. So a single by Quan, grounded into a double play by Ahmed Rosario. In the second inning, Naylor hits a leadoff single. Oscar Gonzalez grounds out. Luckily, Arise was moving so far to his left to get this ground ball, he couldn't turn and spin and throw back to second base to get the double play. He has to just go to first. So Gonzalez is lucky he doesn't ground into a double play here. Then they would do it again in the... Um, Let's see, when's the next inning for this? It would be the seventh inning, a walk, a leadoff walk to Jose Ramirez. Josh Naylor would ground into a double play. And then Andres Jimenez would single to lead off the eighth, and Owen Miller would ground into a double play. 
three times your leadoff hitter is getting on and you're immediately wiping them off the board with a double play. They go 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position on the day. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry, 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position on the day. And it's brutal stuff. It's That's just brutal, brutal stuff that they can't get their guys over. They can't get their guys in. Um, yeah, the Twins, by the way, go 4 for 9 with runners in scoring position. So uh, much better day for them when it comes to that. So those double plays killed me. But, you know, I went over to Fangraphs here, and it is just, it is not working with runners in scoring position. Uh, so far on the season, if you just look at the full, in fact, no, let's not even look at the full season. Let's look at April and May. If you just look at April and May, uh, when hitting with runners in scoring position, I could do this over on Fangraphs. I can adjust these splits like this. The Cleveland uh, Cleveland Guardians are, have, let me update here, I believe it's the third best batting average with runners in scoring position. For April and May, behind the Mets and the Dodgers, they're hitting 283. The Mets were at 290. The Dodgers were at 289. The Guardians come in at 283, right above Colorado and St. Louis, who were at 282. So the third best team in baseball when hitting with runners in scoring position. Um, now, now, if we take a look at the month of June and just isolate the month of June, they drop significantly with runners in scoring position. They drop, drop to 22nd in baseball at 235 batting average with runners in scoring position. That's a significant fall off for this offense. That's something that had really been propelling them, carrying them. Obviously, hitting with runners in scoring position. It's kind of the goal of the game. Get a guy in, get him in, get him in to score. Get him on base, get him in the scoring position, get him in to score. That's kind of what they've all been about. That's what they built their offensive philosophy around with Faleka. And they are really, really slumping now uh, in the month of June when it comes to this stat. So that's a significant fall off. For the Cleveland Guardians, is there time to write the ship? Absolutely. Do slumps happen? Yes. Do they take over a whole team? Sometimes. But there's still time to turn this thing around in the month. Well, not in the month of June. You're kind of running out of days in the month of June. You're just going to have to hope that the month of July, you bounce back to where you've been all season. That's why when it's, it's interesting to look at the split sometimes and kind of break things down. Look at time periods. Look at different splits and stuff like that to see maybe how are things been changing? How are things going over the course of a season? Sometimes if you just look at the season-long numbers, it's a little deceiving because they could be so good in what, the first two months and so bad in the third month of the season. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't even want to get into the other details of this game. The Twins absolutely lit us up, and the offense just had – there was no fight. There was no punch yesterday from the Cleveland Guardians. Now, there's no – by the way, no MVP on the day. No, I am not giving out MVP on the day. And here's the kind of day it was. And they made the joke last night, and I was all ready to make it today. Ernie Clement was your emergency catcher yesterday. Uh, Hedges has taken a few balls, I guess, uh, off different body parts. He's a little beat up, so Francona wants to give him a day or two off. Maley was the primary catcher, and Clement was your emergency catcher. He even went into the bullpen Caught a few guys out there to warm up. Said it was fine. He was out there between innings catching the guys, 
warming them up between innings. He was your emergency catcher. He ends up going out and pitching in the ninth inning. So the guy thought he was going to be catching on the day, thought he could, there's a chance I could have to catch. And instead, he's out there on the pitcher's mound pitching on the day. That's the kind of day it was for the Cleveland Guardians. So no MVP on the day. Nobody deserved it yesterday. It was a really, really bad game. Uh, Quan was on base twice. That's that's like all I got. He had a walk in that leadoff hit. He was on base twice. Uh, he's been good in that leadoff spot. What can I say? That's been working. So, uh, all right. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. Here's the thought I'm going to leave you with on this shortened episode. The beautiful thing about the game of baseball is almost every day, you come back to the ballpark, the uniforms have been washed, the grass has been mowed, the dirt's been hosed down and raked, There's a new, the hot dogs are fresh, well, maybe not fresh, but you know what I mean. You strap on your cleats, you slip on your glove, you go out there, and it's a whole new day. Momentum can be changed. Streaks can be broken. You go out there and you do it every day and you got to do it for 162 games. In the grand scheme of things, it's a five-game losing streak going to make or break the season over 162 games? No. So, am I going to go into today's doubleheader with the same attitude I left yesterday's game with? No. It's a new day. We got some new pitchers on the mound. Uh, I believe I heard that uh, Pilkington was getting the call up for one of these doubleheaders, and the other game should be a Plesak game. It's his turn in the rotation. So that should be your combo out there for the doubleheader. Two games in one day, that's a, that's a big opportunity to swing some momentum back into your favor. So let's see what they do. Let's see what these guys got in them to go out there and battle today. This is still the Minnesota Twins. This is the division now we're talking about. This isn't, you know, going up against, ooh, the big scary AL East, the, ooh, the intimidating Boston Red Sox. This isn't that anymore. We could put that away. This is the uh, AL Central. This is the battle for the AL Central right here. The Minnesota Twins. We could take it to these guys. We just took it to them in their own city. We could do it again. We got to get a little bit of magic back at the corner, corner of Carnegie in Ontario. Because uh, it definitely feels like that ballpark was empty on Magic last night. You know, it felt like it all weekend was a little bit empty on Magic. So we got to get the Magic back. And yeah, it's a new day. So let's get excited. Let's enjoy the doubleheader. I always enjoy getting a chance to, you know, keep a game on in the office while I'm working to keep me company. And uh, yeah, let's go out there and let's enjoy some baseball today. So that's all my thoughts. Uh, there, There is some big news going on around baseball. First off, uh, some Guardians news. Uh, Oscar uh, Mercado does get picked up by somebody on waivers. Uh, where did he end up? I think he went to the Phillies on waivers, who just lost Bryce Harper, by the way. So, yeah. So, uh, Mercado goes over there, um, and he's going to get an opportunity. They, they seem... It was interesting, the comments on, uh, on Twitter when I saw the announcement from... Uh, MLB trade rumors is, uh, yeah, it was, was the Phillies. The Phillies fans seem to be happy about this. They, they were excited. There was some fresh blood coming in. So good luck. Good luck to them. I mean, you do. You hope for any former. I hope Chang. I hope 
Mercado, I hope they go on. They have fine careers. I really do. Uh, you know, they seem like good guys, and it just didn't work out here. Uh, there was another transaction. Uh, Carlos Santana got traded back to Seattle. Uh, they lost their first baseman. He's injured. The Kansas City has a young first baseman in the minors who they definitely want to get up here. So it worked for both teams. So Santana is moving over to Seattle, former a former Cleveland Guardian, former Cleveland baseball, well, not a Cleveland Guardian, a former Cleveland baseball player that we, you know, nice to keep it eyes on, keep track of. Um, and then there's the giant brawl. There was, speaking of the Mariners, there was the giant brawl between the Mariners and the Angels. 12 players received suspensions. Man, you don't see brawls like that very often, right? There's usually a lot of pushing and shoving, but not much going on. Maybe one guy gets tackled to the ground. This thing was an old-school brawl right here, and it was an ugly situation where the, the, the Angels manager changed the starting pitcher at the last minute, clearly so that the guy could throw at somebody and get ejected. It's an ugly situation. Uh, yeah. I mean, brawls are always interesting, right? But when you sit back and you think about it, it's pretty dumb. It's a pretty dumb thing. And then the All-Star game. Uh, Jose Ramirez has passed Rafael Devers, for the lead at third base on the AL All-Star team. So we did a good job. We've done a good job, Guardians fans, of voting Jose Ramirez in. He does he deserve after all he deserves. I mean, both him and Devers, frankly, they deserve to both be out there starting. They're both fantastic players. But Jose Ramirez definitely deserves it for the season he's having. Uh we're running into a little bit of a problem at second base with uh Andres Jimenez and the um Toronto Blue Jays because uh, the Blue Jays fans are going nuts. Like the whole country of Canada is going nuts voting for Blue Jays players. Um, And so, yeah, so their second baseman is ahead of Ann Altuve down in Houston who has, you know, he has the name, right? He has the name everybody recognizes. I'm sure all the NL people are clicking Altuve because they recognize that name. Uh, Andres Jimenez is sitting third. He's, he's, He's a little bit back. There's still a good chance that he makes the team as a reserve. I really see them adding Jimenez as a reserve here, but it's probably going to be hard to get him up into that starting position. So we've done a good job. We should have one Guardian starter for the All-Star game. Why do we care? Because it's fun. It's fun to have our guys recognized as some of the best in baseball. If we're going to take the time to watch the All-Star game and watch the All-Star festivities, it's nice to have one of our guys to root for. So, uh, yeah. I mean, we've had a couple of, uh, you know, we've had a couple of MVPs throughout the years. All-Star Game MVPs, right? Coincidentally, I think they both happened in Cleveland. The game's hosted in Cleveland. Sandy Elamar Jr., right, back in the 90s. And then uh, Shane Bieber did it. So, yeah, we've had some success in the All-Star Game. We've shown out on the national stage once or twice. So, yeah, so it'd be fun to get Jose Ramirez in there. It'll be fun if Andres Jimenez makes the team as a reserve but we'll just have to keep voting. We just got to keep voting. So, uh, I mean, if you want it, if you, if you care, if you want to care and take the time to do it, I, I do it every now and then. If I'm sitting there with the baby after we just did a bottle, and uh, yeah, because that's my life right now. And uh, yeah, pull out your phone, go ahead and vote five times. The baby's sleeping in your arms. It's a good time to do it. So I'm sure you've got your moments, right? All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Seriously, because not everybody listens. It's... It's interesting when a team goes on a losing streak. I see it. I see it in your numbers. You you tend to take a little break from listening to baseball podcasts when they're losing. So those of you that are sticking with it, 
through the losing streak, sticking with me through these games. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Progressive Field. Ah, terrible final. The Minnesota Twins 11, the Cleveland Guardians 1. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at Cleveland Baseball Morning, Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We haven't had one of those in a long time, but we'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.